All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oilers Nation After Dark begins now. Well, 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 the boys sure do not make it easy on the fans, but the Edmonton Oilers are going to walk out of Rogers Place with a victory tonight, a 5-4 overtime victory over the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Hello and welcome to Oilers Nation after a statement W. I am your host, Aaron Bordado. Live from the Sports Closet studio, where I see it's hard to keep track of these After Dark First comments. I just see number one fan here says, good game for a Tuesday. I thought it was going to be an easy one. I thought, honestly, I had most of my preparation here done being like, wow, start to finish. Kind of like, yeah, there was they were never really down. That was a good statement dubbed. Oilers kept the foot on the pedal. And then that all kind of got blown apart and they let the Vegas Golden Knights back in. Could have finished it off there in overtime. It goes to the shootout. Your big boys do what big boys do. They score the shootout goal. Stuart Skinner makes makes a save, I believe, right? So there we go. He does what he needs to do. The Oilers walk out of there. I see it in the chat. We back, baby. Holy moly, let's go. Nice. And Joel says he's on to the third round. Of the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Challenge. That game had it all. It was physical. It wasn't too physical. I didn't get to see the fight that I wanted, but it was pointed out during the game how the Edmonton Oilers, as they said, they were, what, 7-12-1 coming in. You can't really come in there trying to make, I don't know, make amends for what happened in last season. So they had to be smart. They kept it intact. We walk out of there with two points. Sure, Vegas gets one, but... That's another dub. The boys are rolling now, people. Bashing in here says he's guzzling the Kool-Aid. Hey, everything's starting to come here. I've been saying we're back. I feel like we're back. Let's bring in my guest tonight and ask him, Coomsy, are we back, yes or no? We are very back, yes. We are absolutely back. There was never any doubt. Look, man, we were not prepared to talk about a loss tonight. We had done all the prep. We were like, 
big win, statement win, good vibes only. And then they allowed the two goals and we were like, there's no way they can't lose this. We are not prepared to talk about a loss and never in doubt they came through. Seriously, everything I had written down was pretty much positive yeah. throughout that whole thing and most of that third period. I was like, nice, another dub. We get to be happy on the post game. Then it all started to happen, and I was like, oh, my God. A lot of people here made jokes. Well, we haven't seen the Oilers blow a lead yet this year because we haven't had a lead like that. So I guess if we're taking extra points out of this, we were able to blow it, but we came back just in time and did what we had to do. That overtime, dude, my heart was just beating out of my chest. I was sweating. I was standing up, down, sitting, leaning forward. I don't know about you. How were you doing during that OT period? That whole situation, that whole game, or that whole third period, like the last little bit and then the overtime, it just reminded me of the playoff series back in the spring, and it just made me exhausted. I was like, man, oh, man, watching these teams play six playoff games that were all, they said on the broadcast, the Oilers had a lead and blew a lead in every single one of those games, and all of them ended in regulation. Like, that was such a stressful, jarring series that, like, remembering it just sucked. And playing the Golden Knights now, it just... It's awful. It's a bad feeling. They're a, they're an uncomfortable team to play against. It's never fun. There was some deja vu there for sure. Uh, blowing leads like that. I was like, oh my God, I remember this. So not that long ago, but we were able to pull it out. Number one fan. That was intense. Jacob, that OT was terrible. Everybody in here. There's some things in there that I can't say. Some people talking about the referees tonight. I'm not a guy who bitches about the refs, but I did see a couple things. We'll unpack that. The more that we move along, Putter says that's a damn good team. Vegas started out the season very hot. They sure have cooled down. But right there in that game, you saw Stanley Cup pedigree, never give up, never surrender. Wait, never give up, never back down. Whatever that line is, they did it. And the Oilers at least had they had some will. And they, they held it together, Coomzy. And we get to talk about a dub. Seriously, I had to delete. I had so much negative stuff there in the overtime. And then I just deleted all of it. And I said... Goodbye. I was ready to complain about Bouchard, but no. So let's get right into it. Let's get into the Crown Royal scoring summary brought to you by Crown Royal. Generosity lives in the small things. It doesn't need money. It doesn't need an audience or even acknowledgement. It just needs a few good people. Crown Royal, Crown everything. I really wish I had a bottle next to me right now because that <laughs> you got to be sipping on victory right now. So if you're at home and you got some Crown Pull that one out. Pour it on ice. Let's get it going. This is a positive one once again. This has been nice, Coombsy. I've done I've done victories more than losses, I would say, for the last little bit here. So I'm feeling in a good mood, and I feel like we're hitting our stride right now. But, like, okay, let's get her going here. Just like everyone predicted, the first man to score for the Edmonton Oilers, of course, was going to be late addition Sam Gagne. Once again, I've been pointing this out on a lot of shows lately. We've been scoring goals right off of face-off wins, like set plays. I talked to Liam. He said, is that coaching? Is that execution? It's both. I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. But Sam Gagne right off the face-off, winning the offensive end. He just threw it on net from the sideboards there. And what do you know? You can't score if you don't shoot the puck. Somehow it goes in and... You had that one, right? You obviously had Sam Gagne first goal score, right? Yeah, it was either going to be him or Adam Ernie. We, we knew it was one of those two players. That's how it was going to be against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's just the way it is. Yeah, and Adam Ernie, did, he had a game. He had a game as well. He was involved. Well. He was noticing. a lot of people out there. He was laying some body out there, man. That guy. He was charged up. Was and he wasn't even there. in the playoff series last year, man. Like, he's sitting here charged up for this game, and he wasn't even there for the playoff loss in the spring. Like, that's good for you. That's a team guy right there, Coom. That's a team guy. You see, he might he might not feel it, but he knows the boys feel it. He saw that Petrangelo slash. Oh, yeah, I saw him like on, TV and he was on like, that guy right there. You. But then, of course, first period, the Golden Knights at the end of the period are able to get on the board. They kind of took the ozone by the Knights there. They get it to the point where I believe it was like uh, Korzak or whoever you say his name. He throws it on net. Mark Stone is battling right there. I forget which defenseman he was battling with. It was Eckholm. Somehow, I think he got a tip on it as well. And then he's able to get the rebound, throw it on net. Really no fault of Stu, in my opinion, there. Even on the D-man, that was just that was just a battle. Mark Stone is a good hockey player. He's a strong guy on the puck, tough guy to battle with. And he won that battle. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. The Golden Knights are a good team. They have good players. 
this is this is how they play. This is, you know, we all saw this last year in the playoffs. This is how they come back in games. They have guys that grind to the front of the net and, you know, get into the battle position and put their sticks in front of pucks and deflect them past goalies. And they score those ugly goals, and that's part of their game. You thought tonight there was going to need to be some ugly goals scored for sure, that this one wasn't going to be simple. This one felt like a playoff game. You just said it there. You yeah. touched on it. It was just very tight checking, neutral zone, very clogged. Beginning of the game, you could tell. Nobody wanted to make the mistake. Nobody wanted to give a McDavid rush. And we are the kings of giving up odd man rushes. But I thought we kind of, we, we pulled it back in tonight. We pulled it, well, for a little bit. Don't get me wrong. There was still some odd man rushes. But Stuart Skinner, able to stand tall for the most part. Then it's the second goal for the Edmonton Oilers. Of course, once again, predicted Matthias Janmark. I did say on pregaming when we knew he was going to the top line, if Betway even offers that one, I don't know, but you had to smash on that one because you're playing on the line with Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid. You're bound to just get a puck thrown off you, and that's exactly what happened. It's McDavid. He gets it out to Eckholm on the point. He blasts it home. Puck goes up in the air. Yanmark's battling there. I don't know if he touched it before. It was really hard to tell. It was a little concerned there was going to be some goalie interference. You saw Bruce Cassidy immediately lock eyes with the camera down there. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, no, this one's going to get called back. But Jack and Louie were like, no, this one's good. Looked pretty clean to me. Puck just went up, goes in. That's a, that's a Yanmark goal on the first line. You stand in the blue paint there. You let a puck hit you. And then hopefully you get a bounce. That's puck luck, baby. Yeah, these are the kind of bounces the Oilers weren't getting earlier in the season. Like, you know, this, this, you joke about the first one, the Sam Garnier goal being like unpredictable. This one feels like it kind of was predictable. As soon as you saw Yanmark on the top line and everyone online freaking out about it, everyone going like, why is it Yanmark playing here? Yanmark should be waived. You know, this guy just since, since day one this season, everyone wants him out the door. They're like, this guy is completely useless. Who cares? Detroit Red Wings connection, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's just like, this guy's useless. And then, you know, as soon as he gets put on the top line, as soon as he, all that negativity comes out, he's going to bury one. He gets this just absolute puck luck goal. And it's nice to see that because straight up for like at least a month, almost a month and a half, the Oilers didn't get any puck luck. So that, that shooting percentage that was down there around five, 6% is going to work its way up eventually. We knew it was going to happen eventually. We just had to believe even some commentators, right? Some of those panel guys during our run there, they were like, "This, I can't even fathom the puck luck that is going the Oilers' way. It was bound to happen. We just had to hold strong and believe because hope will never die. And look at that. We're starting to get some bounces back. But, of course, this one was so back and forth. You couldn't, you couldn't keep a lead. I believe it was not even a minute later that Mike Amadio, Amadio is the way I like to say that one. Knights win a face-off zone, face-off in the Oilers zone. Amadio gets the puck right in front of the net off the draw. He's just standing there one-on-one -on -one with Stuart Skinner right off the draw. A little crazy how that happened, but he gets it. Little forehand, backhand goes super wide. Beats Stuart Skinner. It's tough. Right off the draw, it was just a bounce that kind of made it out there. Tough for Stuart Skinner to save that one. He almost had it, but he went so wide, he was able to backhand it home. And... Another, I guess, one goal blown lead right there. Was it theme later in the game? But right there, how are you feeling, Coop? I'm not gonna lie. I was nervous at this point. I was like, okay, they they went up again after losing their first lead. You know, the, the first one. This has kind of happened in the in the previous games. This happened in Tampa. Happened in Florida. You know, is it gonna happen again? And you get kind of nervous. But you know, to be fair to them, like they they did buckle down after Vegas tied the game the second time. And I guess we'll we'll get to the next goal and what happened. It did seem like it was another fortunate bounce, but. There was many previous games earlier in this season where, you know, they'd allow a back-breaking goal 45 seconds after they scored, and the team would buckle after that. And in this game against Vegas, they didn't do that. So that is a positive. That's right. We're learning. We're growing. We're battling. And that's what you want to see more as this season moves along. Games are going to get tougher. It's going to be tighter checking. I already feel like we're playing playoff hockey every game. And we're, what, this is the 20, 21st game of the season, I believe? It's crazy that we're already at this point, but hey, by the time we get to the playoffs, we're going to be pretty used to this stuff. We're going to be pretty used to this. But as you said, puck luck, once again, the Golden Knights go down the ice. They're on a rush there. We saw it. Cody Cece touched the puck because he got an assist, right, on the goal. He's able to tip it just enough. Shot goes super wide by the Knights. They were all rushing, and it was like four guys. Puck rings back all the way around. 
would you know it? It's Connor McDavid, 97. When I saw him was the one that picked that buck up, I was like, are you shitting me, man? Like, holy cow, it's him. Of course, makes no mistake. Goes right in there, goes super forehand, super backhand. Boom, he's able to tuck it in. Makes no mistake. Connor McDavid is so back, Coomzy. Man, after the Amadio tying goal, and then you see Vegas coming up the ice, and I think it was Mark Stone that was winding up for the big shot. I can't remember who it was, and you see that, and you're like, man, they're going to score here and go up 3-2, and then it misses the net completely, rings all the way around. And same thing that you said. When I, when I saw that it was Connor McDavid, I saw 97 pick it up. I was like, all right, he's going to score here. Undoubtedly, he's got that backhand move that he just pulls off and just makes the goalie look stupid, and it's just happens at like lightning speed. It was... Yeah, it was outrageous. It was a it was a beautiful goal, and it was this is the the key to the team's success. Really, is when they were struggling earlier in the season, they were getting you know fine play from their depth guys. They weren't getting the goaltending, and then they also weren't getting the dominant play from their stars. Because as we know, the Oilers at the end of the day, they're they're going to go as far as Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl will take them. If, if those two are spectacular, then they have a chance. If not, then it's hard to imagine the team doing anything, right? They are our MVPs. Everybody knows it. We go as far as they can carry us. And like you said there, earlier in the year, I would have seen McDavid not bury on that one. He wasn't feeling it. He wasn't making – while we said he had the speed, he was still making moves like that. He just didn't have the finish. Just something seemed off. That is so not the case right now because, man, like even – I thought Thompson played that one fine. He went oh, yeah. super wide. McDavid just went a little bit wider with a little more patience. He's able to tuck that one home. Oh, that was so jacked up right there. And I was starting to feel the energy going. That was Connor McDavid's second point of that period. Spoiler alert. He gets on the board for the next one. It's a Vander Kane on the power play in Zach Hyman's spot. We lose Zach Hyman to an illness today. They got to give a shout out to the boys who stepped up in his role, Matthias Janmark and a Vander Kane. Kane, just doing what you do. Keep your stick on the ice, stand in front of that net. Boom, able to get a rebound. I believe he just backhanded it, bashed it right in the net. A sick little fist pump celebration right there. That's the Evander. That's such a nice privilege to not have Zach Hyman and be like, okay, we'll just throw the other leading goal scorer we have on the team who's lighting it up, is a physical presence, knows how to keep his stick on the ice. We'll just throw him on PP1 and he'll make plays like that. Yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't get much attention, but Evander Kane just low-key already has 11 goals through, what did we say, it was 21 games this season, like a quarter of the way through the season. That's over a 40-goal pace, and I mean, he looks as good right now as he has in his Oilers tenure, I think. I mean, last year, you can't really say much. He had the injury early in the season, the, the skate cut in Tampa Bay, and that was pretty messed up injury and he came back way quicker than you really ever thought because they were saying oh this could be season ending but he came back in January February was hardly out that long and didn't really look the same didn't have the same quickness on his shot and it looks now like he's back to 100 percent and like you said the others now have between him and Zach Hyman you've got two power forward wingers that are projected to score about 30 40 goals which is it's crazy it's unfathomable it's nuts two guys you added in free agency that are producing like that love to see it as lifelong Edmontonians, sometimes I still have to pinch myself that we got two wingers to come in free agency who are physical presences, power forwards that want to be here and are delivering. Like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah, That's reality way, right man. now. And we're living it, baby. We are living it. And the other thing with Evander Kane, you just kind of touched on it. When we first got him, right, and he only played what, I don't even remember how many games at the second half of the season. He was scoring at an unreal clip. It felt like every other game he was burying. He was burying hat tricks left, right, and center. There was like a thing. It was every nine games he was scoring a hat trick. It was insane. Then last year, so we had all the hype of last year. I remember saying, he's going to score 40. There's no way he doesn't. He's going to do this. And injuries come along, freak accidents. You get stepped on by Maroon. He comes back. He gets injured again. Just never really looked like himself. But this year, he had all summer to prepare, stay healthy, come in in great shape. And this guy has from maybe not the jump, maybe from like three or four games into the season a little bit there, he has just absolutely taken off and been that player when we first acquired him that, man, there's a reason you got to either love him or hate him. And I love that man right now because he's on my team and he's just producing. There's not much you can say. Other fans can say what they want and write it. I don't care. Evander Kane is my boy. Then we move along to the third period and really the second half of the third period. 
Oilers kept it. We we did what we had to do in the third there. I felt like there wasn't too many chances, a little boring hockey at points, which was good. And then it all kind of started to unravel. I believe it was the Oilers. They were D-men were like fighting for a puck kind of behind the net. The puck squared out front. Ben Hutton gets on it, rips it on home because Gagne tried to dive for that one. Adam Ernie, I believe, was trying to block it. It went right between his legs as well. So it was the perfect screen. Stuart Skinner, tough one there. And right when they scored that one, you could kind of from home, let me know if you were at the game. What was the mood there? Because I felt at home just being like, ooh, like I just got kind of stabbed right on the side. And I was like, oh, no, I got to buckle up. So I leaned forward, of course, as you do, like Chell stance. Coom, there was only, what, that was with 13 minutes, 30 seconds into the period, I believe. There wasn't a lot of time left, but were you were you a little tense at that moment right there? I was tense the whole game, man. Like, look, we were all there in the springtime, and this this happened pretty much every single game, all four of the losses. And in the, in the playoff series against Vegas, the Oilers had a lead, and they wound up blowing it. And you're like, oh, man, like, Vegas, they're just such a good team at coming back quickly. They have four lines with just whoever that can score a goal like you got your big guns you got you know Eichel, Marcheseau, Stone, players like that but then you have your 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 fourth line guys your Colasars, players like Paul Cotter like who even are these guys these are you know EA Sports creative players that are just you know generic skill sets like fast skaters who go to the net and somehow score goals and they're just an infuriating team to play against and i'm not gonna lie i was nervous as soon as they i mean the whole third period when they were only up by two goals everyone says you know two goal leads the worst one in hockey and of course vegas is so good at coming back in the third period that was just a game where there was there was non-stop stress it just never ended never ended npcs is what i'm going to call the bottom six of the vegas golden knights they're not That's real fair. people i didn't whatever but they produce they're just they're just a solid unit, top top to bottom, and that's a good hockey team. That's a hockey team we're going to be seeing later. I really do believe that, and I want vengeance. I said today, this was revenge with a capital R. This is a good start. This is a good start for me, but I didn't get to see anyone beat Petro's ass, and that, that really disappointed me, but I'll, I'll take the two points. I will be happy. Continuing with the Crown Royal scoring summary, Oilers get hemmed in their own zone, can't get it out. I believe it was White Cloud just – Throws it on net. Colasar standing right to the side of the net, really untouched. That felt like the Oilers of earlier this season. Really a great shot by White Cloud. I don't think he meant to score that one. He was going for the deflection. Boom, goes right in. It was sounded from my TV. Silent in that building. I buried my hands, my head in my hands. I was like, oh no, here we go. Hopefully, in my brain, loser point. I said, I hope we can get a loser point at least. We can get this far and get out of this one. Fourth one right there, Coom. What'd you think of that one? Oh man, this was <laughs> this 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 came like right after we had just been in the chat coming up with all of our notes and we're sitting there getting ready. And then all of a sudden it's four to three, and we're like, uh-oh, four to three. There's no way this isn't gonna happen, is it? All of a sudden it's four to four. And I mean, I think this fourth one was the only one you can look at it and be like. The, the other three think, all right, this this is Vegas earning a goal. Like, this is a, a good team scoring a goal. That's just what happens. This was the fourth one kind of looked, like you said, it was the Oilers of the early season. It was the team that was kind of soft and sloppy and players are watching and then the other team capitalizes. And that's sort of what it looked like there. It looked like after Vegas had made it 4-3, they were a bit shell-shocked and they were sitting back and they were a bit more nervous. That's That's what it looked like. It looked a lot like last year's playoffs when Vegas would mount their rallies and just you know, the others look like they weren't able to just handle it whatsoever. And it's it was kind of the reoccurring pattern. It came through here again in this game. And thankfully, they were able to get through and win in the shootout. But, I mean, not exactly what you love to see. It's a, it's an unfortunately familiar pattern. It's exactly it. It is a familiar pattern. I think everybody felt the same way, being like, oh, no, I've seen this movie before. I know how this one ends. I was worried we were going to get scored on still in regulation and be robbed of even <laughs> one point. But that didn't happen, Coomzy, because in reality, the boys buckled down. So we go into overtime. Also, so we started this one with Connor and Leon and Bouchard, right? The last time it was Leon, Eckholm, and Bouch to get the quick yeah. change. So I guess that strategy's out the window. McDavid might not have been fully healthy then as well. He's definitely fully healthy right now. They were out there for what I felt like was the entire overtime period. It was seriously like the first three minutes. It felt like... Lots of chances. Bouchard had some rough giveaways in that overtime as well. I thought 
he was solid-ish for the most part. Like I said, we were talking about good things. I thought, oh, I can say that Evan Bouchard had a an okay game today. And then the more as that went along, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can really say that right now. But nonetheless, he is out there in overtime. And with the winding seconds going down, they take it. It's a two-on-one. You saw McDavid look up. Like, he was mm-hmm. like, okay, how much time do I got? Start the clock in his head. Little dipsy doodle, whatever. Centers it on ice. Bouchard puts it wide. Just cannot bury it. That one crushed me, Coom. How'd you feel in that one going into the shootout right after? They showed the replay, and I was just like, how does that one not go in? But hey. That was a funny play because you watch Bouchard coming up ice, and you're like, are you not going to, like, you know, beeline it to the net? What's going on here? And then you see him do it. You're like, he, you know, buckles down and skates hard to the net. And you're like, for a split second, you think, here it is. They're going to, you know, hit a walk-off dinger and win the game. And then the puck just, like, explodes and bounces basically just over the net. And you're like, this game's so cursed. At that point, given the comeback from Vegas, the two late goals, <laughs> and that goal not going in, just what the overtime looked like, it was it was really hard to have good vibes going into the shootout. And I think that was the first shootout of the year, right? They haven't been in a shootout situation yet at all. And, I mean, you think, like, this team is never in shootout situations. Like, the odds are really stacked against Ever. them. Here we go. Here we go. Like, big saves. Jack Eichel hits the post. Snipes in the shootout. Good vibes. See it. See you later. We're going to go home. We're going home, boys. We're taking two points with us. <clears throat> but yes, in the shootout, Connor McDavid able to bury beautiful forehands. You knew that one was going in with the way he's playing. He's so back in every way, shape, and form. Then I believe it was March or so, goes down, shoots it wide right. Then it's Nuge, goes. Scores a beauty, just kind of waits for it. Goes fast, slows down, waits for a moment. Classic nude shot, buries it. Then it's Jack Eichel, who, yeah, he hit the post, I do believe. Nice, so I guess yeah. Stuart Skinner didn't even it make a save. I don't care. He gets the dub. That's all that matters. They don't ask how. They ask how many. I see people in here. Somebody said, do we still need a goalie? I think the Oilers need a goalie, something fierce. Well, we've at least quieted down the conversation a little with how while Stuart Skinner has played recently. Sure, are there moments? Yes, absolutely. But that's above my pay grade. You know what is in my pay grade? A little good, bad, and oily presented by Alberta Blue Cross. There's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross travel insurance protects your memories and more wherever travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Okay, Gavin, give me the good. We all know what this is. It's Connor McDavid. He's the hottest player on planet Earth right now. He's the hottest athlete right now. He's got 12 points in his last three games. Another three-point period. They pointed out, so now he's, what, tied with Sid for the most active players with three-point periods at 24. He scored the shootout beauty. He even led one out to Bouchard there in overtime that he could have got a point. This man is so back. He's Art Ross form. He's MVP form, Hart Trophy form. He's the man. He's he's my captain. He's Connor McDavid. He's the good. Yeah, it felt like coming into this game, like this is the first time the Oilers have faced Vegas since the playoff loss. And you got to think, you know, the, the, the playoff loss being the one thing, of course, and then with the start that both teams had the next year. I mean, I think the Oilers wanted to be the team to come out and start like Vegas did. And then, of course, didn't happen. And then they finally get a chance to play Vegas like, you know, in in November here, and Connor McDavid doesn't want to lose this game, and you you kind of see it in both of those breakaway opportunities. The uh, go-ahead goal, of course, the breakaway, we both said there was no doubt that he was going to score, of course, in the shootout. It was the same thing. It was, this guy's locked in and is going to will the Oilers to a win in this game. I mean, the whole team was largely good in this game. There was a lot to like, but it was one of those Connor McDavid-like no doubt, no doubt games like those, those, those breakaways, both of them were, were no doubt goals. It's crazy. I feel like the whole fan base, <clears throat> excuse me, has the same feeling when you like, you see that look in Connor's eye and you're like, that man is not going to be stopped. He's not human. He's better than all of us, than everyone else. He just dominates. Can sometimes when he want, just have his will out there, do whatever he wants. That was the good for initially, for the bad, we didn't have much. We were like, wow, this game's going pretty well. This is pretty good. <laughs> the bad, obviously, the blown third period lead. We were up to 
kind of been a theme lately, blowing two-goal leads. You said the two-goal lead is the worst in hockey. I know that everybody says that. I still think it's the three-goal lead because I think that's when you get super comfortable. Let me know in the chat what you think is the worst goal lead. Now, you can't complain about any goal leads, especially the Oilers this season, so hey, we'll take that. But it was tough. It does suck that, you know, at the end of the year when we're scoreboard chasing, Vegas is ahead of us. Sucks that we're already doing this, but you know you just gave them one point right there when they shouldn't have had one point. The bad blow in a third period lead, Coom. Yeah, it's just never easy. That's just the way it is. And I mean, nothing, nothing's changed here. You had, you know, a 4-2 four, four lead going into the third period against Vegas, and that's kind of what it looked like last year in the playoffs too in a lot of different situations, a lot of different games. And Golden Knights kind of reminded the Oilers who they are. They're the defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. They come back and they you know, win games like this. They they go down, they come back. They have four lines. All four of those lines can score. Just like we said earlier, there's all those random bottom six players and they just score goals and they're a difficult team to keep down. And the Oilers unfortunately weren't able to tonight and that's kind of what they have to work on. The next time they do go up against Vegas is, all right, let's get ourselves a lead and let's hold on to it this time. Let's figure out what to do differently and not have to be in a situation where we're in a coin flip shootout because, you know, Let's be real here. Like shootouts kind of, it doesn't really mean anything. It's a bit of a joke. So like you got to get into the situation where you can actually close this thing out in regulation. Exactly. The shootout, in my opinion, is just a skills contest. However, we do have some very skilled hockey players on our team. So I will take that. They don't ask how. I keep saying it. They don't ask how. <laughs> but you would like, I mean, if you're a playoff game, there's no, there's no shootouts in there. You got to find a way to dig deep make it happen, play a full 60. I know how many cliches I just said right there. I say it all the time. Hockey is a game of cliches. It's very, it, it, it just simply is. But okay, moving along. The Oily, for this one, we went with, it's a statement win. This is what, three in a row now? We already had three in a row, and then we blew two back to back. We're starting to move here. Vegas Golden Knights, while they obviously have been having some trouble lately. They're having a hard time scoring goals. They didn't really tonight. But they have been struggling. Doesn't matter to me because it's still the same team that beat you in the playoffs last year. The mental thing is still there. The the anger, the bad blood is still there. You know the Vegas Golden Knights did not want to drop this one. Yes, second night of back-to-backs. Yes, third game in four nights. I understand all those things. And I don't care because it's still a statement win. It's still what you got to do. You're taking on. What, are they the best team in our conference right now? Or in our division? I'd say so, I mean, yeah. It's either them or LA. Yeah, exactly. Yep, it was them. So, yeah, you took down the number one in your in your division. That's a statement win. I don't care what they played before. Would you agree with that, Coom? Yeah, absolutely. I think this, you know, there's there's beating Anaheim 8-2 to two is, you know, it's, it's fun. It's a nice win. Like, everyone's excited about that, of course. But it's Anaheim. They're terrible. And, you know, Washington, it's the same thing. 5 nothing win. It's a it's an impressive win, but Washington's a bubble playoff team. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They're, they're mediocre. And then Vegas, they're the team that beat you in the playoffs. The Stanley Cup champs, that's the team that you want to prove that you can beat. And I think that you throw this all together, three-game winning streak, vibes are a lot better. And this kind of win showed the Oilers kind of saying to the league, all right, look, we're going to climb back up the standings here. There's there's teams in front of us, teams like Anaheim, teams like Nashville, teams like Calgary, you know, even, even a team like Seattle, a team like St. Louis, th- those are teams the Oilers should jump. Like making the playoffs in the Western Conference this year doesn't look like a tremendously hard thing to do. So as bad as their start was, there's still about, what, 60 games left for them to climb up the standings. And I think this win over Vegas and the whole three-game winning streak all told kind of just shows the league like hey look despite the bad start we're going to climb our way up it's it's going to take a little while but we'll be there and i think that's why a lot of people while the oilers were still it was either you were on this side of the fence or not you believed and you're like i'm not counting out the edmonton oilers frank cerevalli being one he was like you guys are making too big of a deal sometimes being like they are going to get back it's a long year or you were they're never going to do this ever again <laughs> to trade everybody don't get me wrong I was going back and forth on both of them as well. We're human. We're fans just as well. Speaking of fans, one of our number one fans, I see him in the chat right here. It's Captain Felton's birthday today, Coomzy. Felton, we love you. You're the captain. We salute you. I don't know how old you are, but I saw a lot of your Instagram posts today, and my boy, my boy's looking good. My boy's looking good in his pilot's outfit, everything. Captain Felton, you are the man. I see he says it here. 
Let us claw back, baby. We're going to rip through other teams. We're going to bring them down to bring me up. And that's what we're going to do for months now. We're getting into it. But okay, that's the good, bad, and oily presented by Alberta Blue Cross. Now I want to move along to our DoorDash ding-dong hot and cold performers of the game. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code Coomzy, point up straight up above you, Nation25, all capitals Nation. I DoorDashed during the game today. Actually, I DoorDashed some Popeyes, a Popeyes chicken sandwich. Spicy one. I had a craving. It was very satisfying. There we go. It's good stuff. DoorDash, Ding Dong. They are the best. They get you what you want when you need it, however you need it. For me, my hot performer, I could go two ways here. I'm going to go first one. I'm going to go with Adam Ernie. I saw some people in here <laughs> talking about what a game. You're not going to get many games where I can say Adam Ernie is my hot you performer. Take your I was also thinking him or Matthias Yanmark. Maybe you can take Yanmark. But Adam Ernie out there today, dude. He's just a ball of energy sometimes out there. He throws big hits. He had, I believe, a breakaway, drew a penalty on one of those. He just does the little things. When I look here, how many minutes did he play? Six minutes, but I noticed him, so that's why I want to give it to him. That's really as much as I can give it for him there. Then I'll say Matthias Janmark because he's not a first-line player. That's not that's not his game, right? But he steps into the role. He knows what he's got to do. He's a great addition to the top line, in my opinion, because he has a great work ethic. He's fast as all hell. He's physical, and he bangs bodies on the forecheck. Like, he is on that thing ASAP. And good players need guys who retrieve pucks for them and goes and gets it. Second boy, go get it. Matthias Janmark did that all game long. I don't want him up on the top line all the time. Do not get me wrong. I would lose my mind if I saw that all the time. But tonight, I thought he played great. Coomzy, you got any hot performers for DoorDash? Yeah, man. I'll echo, uh, I'll echo Matthias Janmark. Why not? Um, he took way too much crap earlier in the season. Everyone was saying, throw this guy on waivers. And it's like, Matthias Janmark's the exact depth player Oilers fans were wanting the team to have for years. Think back to those 2017-18 18, 19 seasons where the bottom six was just filled with guys who did nothing. And now you have a guy like Janmark who back checks well, four checks well. I mean, admittedly, his offense has been non-existent this season, but his work on the penalty kill has been fantastic. And that'll be my specific hot performer of the game is the penalty kill, which held Vegas to go 0-5 on the power play. Penalty kill was a big problem earlier in the season, and it's uh, bearing down a little bit here. It's uh, it's turning into a little bit of a strength lately. And uh, I guess both me and you are saying Matthias Janmark's the answer for that. He Hey, he might just be right when he comes back in the lineup. The Oilers' penalty kill has been great. Like you said, what, they were the Vegas Golden Knights 0 for 5 on the power play today. The penalties was a little rough for the boys tonight. There was some stick infractions. I see a lot of people in here talking about the referees. I'm not a ref guy. We won the game. So I'm not going to bitch right now. I don't, whatever. I can, I can deal with it after a dub. It makes it go down a lot smoother. But if it wasn't, I might have had heads on sticks. Let's bring in our man behind the scenes. I see him right there. There he is. Gentlemen. First off, let me ask, how we doing? That was a rough game. That was a tough game. That was a good game. It was, it was a game. We'll say that. And then we ask, what's your, who's your DoorDash hot performer? Yeah, we got a little bit of everything in that game. But like I said, three straight wins. So vibes are high. Um, hot performer, I got to give it to Evander Kane, guys. And now that's goals now in three consecutive games. He has another seven-hit performance. So now it's 17 hits over his last two games. And now he's the only person in the NHL with 10-plus goals and 50 hits on the year. So Evander Kane is, is doing everything on the ice here for the Edmonton Oilers. One of a kind, people. He is one of a kind. I said it earlier. It's uh, we're debating Coomzy of who's the better free agent addition, Hyman or Kane. It's obviously Hyman, but that Evander For Kane sure. brings a realm in the top six with like right. You made that face. You have to think about it a little bit. But Kane mm-hmm. brings that sandpaper and that grit in the top six, which really nobody has. Sorry, Matthias Yanmark. I don't think you have that. You're in the top <laughs> six tonight. But it's Evander Kane is just red hot, and you say it like no Zach Hyman on the power play. What a luxury to just stick a Vander Kane right there and be like, oh, yeah, you go out there. You're an excellent goal scorer, Gavin. 
he scored an, an easy one, I guess you could say right there, but that's just exactly where he needs to be, right? And that's and that's where Vander King gets all his successes right in front of the net, right? So he parks himself in front of the net, like Zach Hyman does for us, and look what happens. He pots one here for us, and like I said, goals in three consecutive games now for Vander King. So the guy's absolutely buzzing for us. I see we're currently at 93 likes and huge likes. I do enjoy that. Let's keep bumping those numbers up. Let's get let's get crazy here. After dubs, we always want likes. Once again, make sure you're subscribed to the Oilers Nation YouTube. Always lots of content coming. Two games this week. I believe we're doing another watch along on Thursday. We are for Betway. So that'll be very fun. The vibes, the vibes are rolling. Winnipeg. That one's always a battle. So we'll see how that one goes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the YouTube. Okay, let's move along to our cold performers. I asked you guys this one before. I said during, I'll figure it out during the show. Newsflash, didn't really figure that one out during the show. <laughs> Let me ask people in the chat here, what do you guys think for cold performers? I said as a joke, the referees. I did think there was a couple thick infractions, missed calls. Connor McDavid, he even had a trip against him. Kane had one. Little yeah, week. week. As I just said, I was gonna bitch about the refs. Then here I am bitching about the refs. You got yeah, anything for no, gold? Um, yeah, no, I just I'm, I kind of went off the board. One thing that absolutely bugs oh, during hockey yeah. games are um, I don't know if you guys are watching on TV and people standing up in front of you or people standing up on TV waving at the camera. I cannot stand that, especially when I'm at the game and like the guy in front of me is doing it. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, man, we all see a buddy. You see yourself in Jumbotron. I give him a little clap, you know, that's uh, all funny games. So, yeah, I absolutely cannot stand that. And and also, just flat out overtime this year in the NHL, guys, like I was looking back, that overtime was just flat out boring. There's four total shots. I remember when overtime first came into the NHL, it was absolutely electric end-to-end, right? And then action, and now it's a possession game. I get it. I get it. You want to maintain possession all throughout overtime, yada, yada, yada. But I miss that electricity in overtime, so I'm hoping that the NHL kind of figures that out. I know there has been kind of rumblings that they are going to switch it up. Maybe you can't go past the red line kind of thing, but I just hope they bring something like that back just to bring that electricity back in overtime. I agree. I do find it. Like, it used to be the sickest thing ever when it first came out. Three guys on the ice? This is like chill. This is three-on-three arcade mode, but in real life, you go up and down. Now it's, like you said, it's a possession game. It's way more boring. I don't know if you can take that out, but if you do, or if you don't, I would say my option would be extend overtime. Give me another five minutes for sure. before we get to the skills contest. That is the shootout. Coombsy, yeah. do you have any cold performers for tonight? Yeah, I'll just jump off of what Gavin said. That's a good one. That's a nice and easy cheap one is I can't stand the shootouts. I think they're dumb. I'd rather just have 10 minutes of continuous OT and then a tie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't want to tie. I'd rather just go like 
Maybe you just go, put them two on two out there and then one on one. Yeah, like minor hockey, we go all the way down two goalies against each other. See who can put oh, the puck in the net. Now you're talking, Coombsy. Now we're now we're coming up with ideas for this league right there. Captain Felton says, great shirt, Portsy. Thanks, man. Thank I you. didn't even go here, but I worked here. My grades would not have <laughs> got me into the U of A. I'm a Nick Likewise, man. and that's yeah, yeah. You and me both, Aaron. You and me both. I started the U of A myself. So we kind of went both went the same route on that one. Radio and television for life, baby. Uh, let me know if you have any cold performers in there. Not really. And I don't really want to bum this one out any bit. If you got anything, sure I went. you got anything from Vegas that you thought was cold? You think they were bad? Let's pile on. Let's pile on right now. Looking through everything that I've got here. They said that's a Vander Kane. McDavid, his three points. Vegas, though? I don't know. Is this a Stanley Cup hangover, Coom? Like, can it be a Stanley Cup hangover if you were so hot to start the season? Let's start there. Is this a hangover or is this just a rut and they're going to get out of it? I don't know. Vegas started the year 11-0-1 and it felt like, you know, you're flying yeah. out of the gate. They were still drunk. They were still drunk. Yeah. They were still enjoying their Stanley Cup party. They were still skating around the ice with the Stanley Cup the first 12 games of the season. And then all of a sudden, since then, they've played 11 games. They've only won three times. They haven't had... They've only had one regulation or two regulation wins since then. So, I mean, I, it almost kind of seems like from a Vegas perspective is you went and had that amazing start and then you can kind of go into cruise control for the rest of the year, play 500, be nice and well-rested. Like, you know, to be fair to them, it, it, it feels at this point like an NHL playoff run goes into like mid-July. Like the playoffs are so long now and it's so late into the year. Like these guys are probably exhausted. Their summer was like a month and a half long. So they got off to their great start and now they're going to cruise the rest of the way. That, that, that is what it seems like to me. You're right. It does feel like the playoffs are going later and later, maybe because the Oilers have never made it this far before. But I said during the playoffs, I couldn't ever remember wearing shorts with my Jersey in the past two years. I have done that. And boy, does it feel good to let those calves breathe when you're out there in the, in the ice district doing your uh, Joey Moss Moss pit there. Such good times. We need to make the playoffs because I need Greta parties again and I need Moss pit stuff out there. One to point out, Gavin, as well here. I think when I said, you know, the Oilers found something with their lines here, it's such a nice privilege right now that I feel like we are just straight up rolling four lines that you can yes. kind of let them all go out there. The third line today, I will say, I thought was probably the weak link out there. They had a couple rough shifts. I believe they were the ones on the ice for that uh, Colasar tipping goal. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but I do believe I'm right with that one. But besides that, it's, I don't know. I have confidence when kind of everybody's on the ice right now, for sure in the top six, even includes to the bottom six, the fourth line of Hamblin, Gagne, and Ernie, right? Yes. They were rolling. Yeah. They were they were dominating shifts in their offensive end. And I don't care if you produce really in that point which they did. They scored the first goal of the game. But as long as you're giving me energy shifts, resting the boys up so they can go hop back over and go for another minute and a half, all good with me. Would you agree? Yeah, no, totally. I'm glad you gave love to the Hamlin line because I think there was a sequence. It was, I think it was, ble I, it was in the second period when they, when they pinned Vegas in their own zone for a good 30 seconds. So yeah, that fourth line is absolutely buzzing tonight. And I want to give some love to like coach, coach knob as well because like his time management since he's taken over the edmonton oilers has been a plus you still see like those depth guys getting those key minutes and he's showing trust in those guys too so guys like james hamlin can develop into like that fourth line center that the edmonton oilers have been looking for even like maybe an upgrade to a third line center because obviously ryan mcleod hasn't scored now in 36 games which is absolutely bizarre so if a guy like james hamlin can step up for us that could be huge for the edmonton oilers going forward all right let's talk about it Ryan McLeod, where are we at? Where are we at right now? Because I think everybody Man. knows where I'm at with this guy right now. I love him. Love that he took a team-friendly deal. But that was last but, year. So what you done for me lately? And right now, you have not done a whole lot. He did have some chances today. And then, like you see him, he gets the puck in the three-on-three, -three and you're like, oh, shit, man. Like, that guy, yeah. he's perfect for three-on-three. -three. Once again, he kind of panics. He goes wide, then at last minute, takes it to the middle, but it was a little too late. Coomzy, let me start with you. Where do you kind of come out on Ryan McLeod right now? Is he, a, is he a building block for the future, let alone the playoffs? Is he maybe a, a deadline guy you're looking to add into a deal to maybe attach to a first-round pick to make a big splash? 
what's going on in that pretty little head of yours? <laughs> it's something you you have to consider everything at this point. I mean, Ryan McLeod's a good player, and you don't want to give up on yeah. someone after 20 games. But at some point, you are you, there's a limited amount of cap space, and if you're going to go the entire season without scoring a goal, you know you can't have a to- Toby Reader situation where a guy's making two 2.5 million dollars, eating up a portion of your salary cap. And if the Oilers have to make a big move and they have to move salary cap out, then they might look at those who are underperforming. This was the situation last year with Jesse Pugliarvi. And I mean, I don't want to bring up a divisive player at all, but I think we can all agree, like, he was a fine middle six player who wasn't producing and had to be traded because of that. And they had to dump his cap hits. They can add somebody else. And I'm not saying that'll happen with McLeod, but if 40 games go by, this another 20 games happen, he doesn't have a goal, then... You kind of have to consider it for an upgrade. You need a 3C that can outscore their opponents. And if your 3C is not scoring any goals, then, you know, it's 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 not really ideal. So I wouldn't give up on the guy, but it, it it's 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 something to think about. Yeah, no, like, we need production in that spot. And Flato, if, if, we're, if we're not getting production, which we're quite simply from not from Ryan McLeod, you have to make a change. We were all excited for him last year because – Based on like the amount of games he played last year, he was at a 20-goal pace. So we are all expecting him to put up kind of similar numbers going into this year. And now the fact now he has not scored in 36 games dating back to last season, obviously, quite simply, is not good enough. So, yeah, like obviously it's on the table to move on from a guy like Ryan McLeod to bring someone in that's, that will and can produce in that spot. Because from what we've seen from Ryan McLeod this year, he just simply is not doing it for the Edmonton Oilers. So, yeah, 100% it should be on the table like to look elsewhere. If it's on another team, if it's someone bringing someone up, and if it's James Hamlin stepping up in, in his role, you've got to make that move and make that move now. Right now, James Hamlin is making a case to get moved up that yes. lineup. Same time, yes. I'm and also – No, no, go ahead. That I'm also at the same time, I don't really want to tinker with that fourth line right there because Hamlin seems to have found a role there, mm-hmm. and I don't want to give him too much too early – all uh, possible Ryan McLeod, <laughs> what we have done there. But um, yeah, you know, you kind of, you like Coombsy, somebody said it here, Mike D said, I agree. I agree with Coombsy. You gotta, you gotta roll with him for a bit here. And it's only 20 games in. You still see flashes of it, which is the thing, right? Is you're like, oh man, if he just did that, he probably could have scored there. Okay. If he just changed that, I will have an end to how much will I got right there to keep being nice about that. But hey, we won tonight. Everybody gets love. Everybody For gets sure. love. He was on the ice. He even had overtime shifts. He didn't blow it in overtime. So there you go. You get credit right there as well. Moving from one semi-disappointing oiler to another semi-disappointing oiler. Gavin, guess which disappointing oiler I'm about to bring up? Uh, surprise me. Connor Brown. Connor Brown. So <laughs> yeah, tonight, I knew that one was coming. I just wanted every, you to say it. I just wanted to say it. Everybody, I, think I think we're bringing his name up every After Dark show for the last five. So it's become an ever-revolving theme for us here. I don't it is. Dark. So we know he got his point last game. It's on the scoreboard. We were all very happy. We were thrilled. I see some people in here, a lot of guys bitching, for lack of a better word. Not a mean way to say that. Just mm-hmm. pointing out that he didn't have a great game today. They think he's got lead in his boots. That he's a slow player. Shouldn't really be there. I'm seeing some, I think, some unfair things right here. I see number one fan said Brown immediately. He knew that. Uh, Coomzy, you guys give me a little breakdown on where you think Connor Brown's game is at. I'm keeping him in the top six. I'm keeping him on that line. I'm just going to still rolling him out wow. there. I've seen enough from it. And I'm frankly a guy of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So it ain't broke right now. You just let it ride. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, like, like he's he's going around there and he's playing fine defensively. There, the other teams are not dominating the Oilers while Connor Brown's on the ice, which is a positive. But in the exact same vein that I just said with McLeod, at the end of the day, he's got to score at some point. But the Oilers are in a bit of a weird situation with his contract and the performance bonus. They have to pay that thing out next year. So, I mean, this is a decent investment they've made. And I think the thing with Connor Brown is as frustrating as it has been to watch him not produce anything through October and November or potentially December. We'll see what happens here. What you're what you're hoping for is is Connor Brown being a good player come February, March, April, May, June, I guess, like we were saying, the Stanley Cup runs go into July, August, like so deep into the summer. But that that's what you're going for. Like you need that player. And he's coming back from an ACL injury. Like he only played four games last year. It's like basically missing the entire season. So it's gonna take a while for the guy to 
get in there. And I, I, I understand it's already been a quarter of the season, so you can't cut him slack forever. But again, it is how he looks in the second half of the season is ultimately what really matters. Just looking yeah. here in, in the YouTube chat, a lot of people, Gavin, you in a second. I just want to get these in. Losh says Brown was looking good this game. Final buzzer says Brown is a bust. <laughs> Corb says Brown is browning. Okay. Oh, I guess that's a poop joke. Okay. There you go. Nice. You can yeah. get that. Losh, he saw <laughs> defensively. Rust Offerson. Brown going to break through eventually. Keeping the faith. Genesis, I thought Brown looked good, even without points tonight. He's a very, everybody's all over the place. I didn't Yeah, think I was going to say, it's so 50-50 among the fan base right now. I didn't think he had a bad game at all. Like, oh. not really anything like that. I see people pointing that out. So I wanted to get your guys' opinion. Gavin, what do you think? For sure. I think the unfortunate thing about Connor Brown is the expectations he came into this season with. Um, we expected him to come in to be a 20-25 goal guy, and obviously he's just not finding the back of the net right now. Call it snake bin, call it his ACL injury, call it what you will. Um, but I agree with Kumdi. He's going to produce at some point. And I agree with you too, Aaron, actually. Um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If he's not hurting you on the back end, obviously he's not helping in the scoring front. But he's helping out on the back end. He's being a very, very effective in the defensive zone. So that's a huge positive for Connor Brown. So I'm probably with you guys. I'm probably writing him out there and hoping he figures it out. But at the same time, if it comes to deadline time, I'm definitely, trust me, I'm not moving Connor Brown. But you might have to look for outside help to find production in that top six. Yeah, exactly. I think we just got to ride it out right now, and we'll see where it goes. Shred before dead said, wasn't Brown supposed to be the goal scorer to replace Yamo? What? They both don't score goals. So there you go. We replaced him just fine. <laughs> nice one-for-one one swap. is <laughs> one-for-one. Who cares right there? Okay, last thing. I want to shout out our friends at Greta. If you're out and about right now, you want to go crush some suds after that victory right there. Go hit up Greta. They got all kinds of special drink deals, a ton of food deals, and man, sneaky, some of the best food downtown, I swear, for like Honestly, pub food and whatnot. Like, yeah. It's so good. And they got the little the food. Pizza truck. taquitos. Woo. That's right. That's my go-to as well. Or the street nugs. But looking ahead, next game, it's Thursday. It's against Winnipeg. It's 6 p.m. So pre-gaming will be going live on the Oilers Nation YouTube at 5 p.m. It's that, and then it's a nice little break for your boy Boardsy and the Edmonton Oilers. Oh, yeah, them too. They might have to practice. I won't have to do anything, so it's perfect. <laughs> Tyler might even give me the day off on Friday. What a nice guy. He's going to let me avoid the gr – we'll see if that happens. We will see if that actually happens. <laughs> Slow our roll first He's here. Always off, but man. let me ask Coomsey first. Give me your score prediction for that one and an anytime goal score. Hmm, I'm going to go uh, 9 nothing Oilers, anytime goal score, Vinny Dernay. <laughs> Good vibes How am I supposed to follow that up, man? How am I supposed to follow that up, man? I don't know. Um, I'm pro okay, I'm going to go a little bit low scoring. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 Edmonton Oilers, anytime goal score, Connor Brown. Let's go. <laughs> wow. You followed okay. it up. That one, that one's got to You said Vinny Darren A. I might as well go Goddard Brown. That <laughs> seems even more unlikely. I'm not going to lie. You found the more unlikely one. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I like, I like that pick. I like the confidence you guys have in that. I don't know if I'm going to go low scoring. I think I'm going to say four to Edmonton Oilers. And you know what? If you guys are getting ridiculous, I'm taking Adam Ernie. Duh. So that's, that's the Let's theme go. that we're going with this. I've been an Adam Ernie guy. I'm an Aaron Ernie guy right there myself. Everybody in here, Lance Tech too. Adam Ernie goal. Nice. Out of boy, Lance. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Still five right there. Ernie Hattrick says TJJ. Look at that. Everybody's in a good mood to wind down Oilers Nation after dark. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Please drop a like before you walk out. A like is free. This content is free. All you got to do is drop a like, hit the subscribe button, maybe tap the bell to get the notifications when we go live. We go live quite a bit on this baby right here. So subscribe, do everything. Shout out to our sponsors, Crown Royal, DoorDash, Alberta Blue Cross, Greta. And finally, let's touch on it, Gavin. Betway, 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 19 plus. Please play responsibly. I don't know. I haven't checked my phone. Did we hit the ridiculous bet? Yes. yes go. And the over. And the over. Because remember, it ended at a tie, so we went two for two. We went two yeah, for two. I, 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 Good day on the betting front. 
I bet both of them, but I haven't actually checked my phone yet. So yeah. that's perfect. Sweet. I love going and checking it. There's <laughs> way more money in it than there was before. Coom, you make yeah. any bets tonight? I did not, unfortunately. I was uh, responsible with my money. Look at that. 19 Good plus plays responsibly. Sometimes you can't. You just gotta you just gotta let others do it. That's why we do boardsy's bankroll. If you can't put money on it, you can live through us and feel like it's a bet of your own. But thank you to you, Gavin. Thank you to you, Coom. Next one will be Thursday, right after the watch party. It's going to be a good time. Have a good sleep, everybody, and enjoy that one. And we will talk again tomorrow at noon on Oilers Nation every day. Have a good one, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.